Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and UFC 211 is coming up this Saturday. It's the best card of the year. There's so many good matchups on this card. Obviously, Junior Dos Santos versus Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title. Jorge Gamebred Masvidal versus Damian Maya. Yair Rodriguez versus Frankie Edgar. Dustin Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez. It doesn't stop there, but one of the fights that I really feel is flying under the radar is Chaz Skelly versus Jason Knight. I truly believe that these two are going to throw down and have some serious scrambles to the point where it could get fight of the night on such a stacked card. And if not, I guarantee you one of these is coming home with a performance bonus. So you know how to catch up with Chaz Skelly and Jason Knight. So without further ado, Chaz the Scrapper Skelly and Jason Knight, here we go. Joining me now is Chaz the Scrapper Skelly. Chaz, welcome back to After Battle. Hey, what's up, man? It's good to be back. How are you doing? It's good to have you back. Hey, you know, I'm always doing good. Just living the dream, baby. How you doing? Doing amazing, man. So I'm really pumped for your fight. I mean, obviously, you set the record for the fastest consecutive wins in UFC history, the fastest submission in featherweight history. If it were up to you, what would be the third record you'd set? Well, I'm hunting a record right now. If uh, two more submissions and I've got the... I think most submissions, I don't know if it's most submissions in featherweight or most submissions in the UFC, but they brought it up to me after my last fight. They said, you know, you're only two submissions shy of a, of another record. And I said, hey, bring it on. I'm hunting that record then. I'm, I'm looking for that. I'd like to have a record with uh, most submissions by my name. That's for sure. Man, that'd be quite the accomplishment, and especially against a guy like Jason Knight. And we're going to talk about the matchup in a sec, but real quick, going back to your last fight, what was the first beer you drank after you tapped out uh, Chris Gritzmacher? Actually, the first beer I drank after I tapped out Gritzmacher was a Bud Light. I went up and uh, I went up and I went out there and said what's up to a couple friends, and one of my buddies had just ordered a Bud Light, and he just handed it over to me, and I chugged it real quick before I went down to the back. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, is it cool fighting in Texas for the third time in a row, man? Yeah, no state tax. Why not? Oh, that's a very good point. And this time, is it closer to home in Dallas? Oh yeah, it's uh, you know it's, I'm from Fort Worth, so Fort Worth's only forty minutes away. You know, thirty five, forty minutes away from from Dallas and. You know, I'm from a small town, kind of a small town right outside of Fort Worth. So, you know, it's it's uh, close to home where everybody can come see, and I'm going to have a lot of people there. Definitely. Now, I got to know this, man, because, look, I've been debating with my friends for years if the rubber guard is effective in MMA, but now you're taking on a guy that's known for that part of the game. What's your opinion on it? I think I, I think that... Yeah, I mean, I think it can be effective. I think it depends on how you use it. You know, I mean, a lot of guys, um, a lot of guys use the rubber guard as as like more of a stalemate technique on the ground. You know, to kind of hold somebody in place and, and kind of stall out, maybe maybe get a stand up or something. But there are people who are very good at finishes from there, and so I do think it can be an effective technique. I mean, I think it can keep you from getting hit while still looking for your submission. So, you know, if you're fighting a guy that that uh, doesn't know how to properly defend or or you just get he just gets caught in something, you know, yeah, I mean it's it's effective. 
when they gave you the call that you were going to fight Jason Knight and, you know, after you watched some film, what were your uh, initial reactions? Because, I mean, as a fan, when we heard that this matchup got announced, you know, we're expecting you guys to throw down on the feet, some serious scrambles. What were you thinking when you got the call? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I had already watched him. I already knew who he was. I Actually, I just won just won a bunch of money of him fighting uh, Bruce Leroy. I put... Nice. Maybe, ah, maybe it was only like a hundred bucks on that or something. <laughs> I won like a hundred bucks on that. Maybe it was like hundred fifty. I can't remember, but uh, which wasn't a bunch of money. But so I knew, you know, I've seen, I watched him fight Jim Aylers already because that's a common opponent that we had, and, and you know, I Jim Jim's a nice guy, so I wanted to watch that fight, and uh, I, so I knew what he was bringing to the table, you know. Uh, and my, my reaction was just, yeah, let's do it. I, I'm excited. You know, he's a scrappy dude and he likes to get out there and throw down. And so that's, you know, so I'm looking for, bring it on. Obviously you knocked out Ehlers and he went to a split, but were you surprised that his fight was a split? Cause I mean, I, I thought he clearly won that fight. Uh, yeah. When I watched it the first time, I thought it was closer than it was. And then when I watched it the second time, I kind of felt that way. I was like, yeah, I, I think he clearly won the first two rounds and lost the third round. Yep. Definitely. Now, are you expecting fight of the night here, man? I mean, because like I said, on paper, you know, it's minus 120 apiece. It's a pick em. You know, the fans are thinking it's going to be fight of the night. But is that what you're thinking, man? Or are you thinking of something else? Hey, you know, if it's fight of the night, then that's great. You know, that's what I'm, I'm looking for a good scrap. You know, I want to go out there and just throw down for three rounds and, and us stand there and beat the shit out of each other. That sounds like a sounds like a good Saturday night to me. So, you know, if it if it's fight of the night, then great. But obviously, you know, I see myself. I envision myself getting the finish. Definitely. Now, the reason I ask if you think it's going to be fight of the night is because you know you got to have a willing dance partner to to get that kind of fight, and we all know. This guy's going to come to fight. You know what I mean? He's not going to try to hump your leg. or anything. He's, he's going to try to fight you. Does that excite you? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, there's nothing. That's that's exactly, you know, I've, I've thought about this a lot. You know, I've thought about this fight. And, and uh, I guess I could have answered the other question a little better because, you know, I, I have seen this fight many times in my, going through my head. I've seen this fight just being a, a throwdown three-round battle, a war, you know, and, and us and us coming out with fight of the night because this guy is so willing to trade, you know, he's so willing to stand in there and trade. He's very hittable. Uh, and he absorbs a lot of damage. And he also, you know, he keeps a high volume. He keeps a, keeps a high pace going throughout the fight. So I definitely think that it has all the makings for just an incredible, incredible fight. Now, obviously, you've watched all his UFC fights. They've all been very exciting. But the one time he fought a wrestler was with Kawajiri. Now, obviously, you're a wrestler. Did you take a little bit from that footage and you're like, man, I could so, you know, get some timely takedowns at the end of rounds, you know, and win like that? Yeah, he fought another wrestler right before he got in the UFC, too, uh, Musif. Uh, I don't know the guy's full name. I think something Musif or Musif something. Kamenaev, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he took him down pretty easy at will, too. And Kawajiri was taking him down pretty easy. So, yeah, that's something that 
I've thought about. Obviously, you know, if it's a really close round and I feel like I gotta, I gotta grind it out, I know I can get those takedowns. I mean, my my takedowns are good, and they're only, you know, they're getting better with my throughout my camps. You know, I've been I've been working working hard on everything, so I definitely feel like I'm at a huge advantage with wrestling in this fight. I mean, I think, you know, I don't plan on using it a bunch, but I know that it's in my pocket, and I know that I have that advantage. Now, when we break down a fight, I mean, obviously we got to talk about a fighter's strengths and their weaknesses. Is it fair to criticize your cardio? I don't think so, to be honest. Uh, if you've looked at my fights in the past, I've had extremely, extremely, extremely hard weight cuts going into fights. And that's just wore me out, man. Like, you know, my last two fights, unfortunately, they didn't go the distance. My first fight in the UFC was against Mirsad Bektik. Did not get tired at all. As a matter of fact, I still had I still had a lot of gas in the tank. Uh, it was an easy weight cut. I had time to prepare for the weight cut, and and the weight cut went well. My fights after that, you know, uh, Tom Niyamaki had a terrible weight cut. Thirteen days later, Sean Soriano, awful weight cut. Fought Jim Ehlers at altitude in four weeks' notice coming right off of thumb surgery the day I stepped in the gym they asked me if I would take the fight on four weeks notice and I took it in Colorado at altitude weighing 185 pounds so that weight cut was awful you know and uh I think I think it's skill which because I have great cardio I mean you got anybody that I go with anybody I go with in the gym uh I'm always I always keep a high pace and I don't gas out it's just been a matter of circumstances more than anything. So, yeah, I mean, people can, I guess people can criticize my cardio if they want, but, you know, it's there and I'm only, I'm only 10 pounds overweight right now. So that's not going to be an issue. Nice, man. What kinds of things have you done to stay lighter, you know, during camp? Well, you know, I, it's been, it's been my last three camps actually. So this camp and last two fights previously, uh, my cardio has been off the charts and I've been, and my weight cuts have been really easy. As a matter of fact, my last camp, I spent, I think an hour total cutting weight in the camp before that. I spent 30 minutes total in the hot tub cutting weight. So, you know, it's really not much of a weight cut for me anymore. Basically I started working with a guy, uh, Douglas Fry is a good friend of mine. His wife is the Invicta Adam weight. I'm working to Jen U Fry. Okay. And, He's, a, he's just very knowledgeable, you know, he's a very knowledgeable guy, he's got a great system down, he's, he fought for, actually, the reason we know each other, we're really good friends, we trained, we've trained together forever, and so he's, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing, he knows, he knows what, he knows the fighting game along with the nutrition game, so he, he kind of puts together, and it's how real nice. I think just discipline, you know, in my life, just a lot more discipline, you know, I don't, I don't fuck around anymore. When it comes to the diet, when it comes to the preparation for the fight, you know, I don't mess around. It's, it's all business for 10 weeks or 12 weeks or however long I have. Whenever they tell me I have a fight, you know, I start getting down to business. So That's good to hear, man. Now, obviously, this question I'm about to ask you ties into what you just said, but how do you feel about your career evolution and progress now that, you know, you are 6-2 and two in the UFC? This is about to be your ninth fight. I mean, you're reaching that 10-fight uh, milestone in the UFC. I mean, how are you feeling about this progression? 
I feel great. You know, I mean, actually being in the UFC for 10 fights, when I very first started mixed martial arts, I said I had goals. My first goal was to be 10 and 0. As a professional, I reached that goal. My second goal was to get in the UFC. My third goal was to go 10 fights in the UFC. Fourth goal is to break the top 15 and obviously to be the a world champion. So, uh, you know, I've met all my goals so far. And, you know, it's been, I've met them and I've met them in a pretty timely fashion. And I think, I think my career's on the right track. I think I'm, I'm going where I want to go. You know, this is, uh, things, things are not bad. That's for sure. Now, I, I told the fans that I was interviewing Chaz Skelly on Half the Battle, and I asked them if they had any questions, and, you know, there were a bunch of matchup questions, but the best question was, are you a Pantera fan? Yeah, I'm a Dallas fan, and I'm walking to Pantera Walk. That's my walkout song. My man, that's what's up. Nice. I didn't even know that for some reason. I think it's because, you know, the last two fights were on uh, FS1 and they don't show the walkouts. No, this will be, be the first time I've walked out to that. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, they're, they're a Dallas band, you know, and uh, and so actually, Bixie Wall, it's like a friend of a friend, you know. He's, uh, I guess I through friends and so that'll be cool i think he might be there i don't know and i'll definitely hang out man fighting in front of vinnie paul that must be pretty cool yeah i mean i'm not i'm not certain that he's gonna be there but my friend my buddy uh mark who's good friends with him said that they were gonna that they were probably going together so you know if he is there that would be pretty cool definitely now before we get out of here Obviously, you're one of the sharper fighters in terms of fight picks. You know, not every fighter watches this sport. Some fighters just, just fight. But you, you're you also a fan of the sport, and you're good at picking fights. So, real quick, man, I got to know. You taking uh, Frankie Edgar or Yair Rodriguez? That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm, – I'm actually going to go with Frankie. I think Frankie is, is going to be smart in there, and he's going to go. He's going to out-wrestle him, and – and, you know, really, really use his tools. Frankie's got a full toolbox in, and I see him going in there and using all of his tools and getting the, you know, getting the decision win. This card you're on is so damn good because we got a fight between Jorge Masvidal and Damian Maya. You think Jorge can keep this one standing? I was just talking about this the other day, and this is probably the most interesting fight to me on the card. Because uh, Damian Maya is such an absolute killer on the ground, but I just have flashes of Jacare Robert Whitaker written all over this fight. Uh, you know, the number one contender, you know, Damian's been right there for so long, but I think that this is a bad, bad matchup for Damian. I think that Mastodal has good footwork, he hits hard, he's a great boxer. And I really think that Massadol is going to be able to use his footwork, stay on the outside, and, and really piece up Damian Maya and, and get the TKO in, to be honest. And last but not least, and this isn't on your card, but it's for the belt that you're obviously gunning for, Jose Aldo versus Max Holloway, man. What are you thinking? Man, I hate, I hate people asking me about this fight, but 
because I, you know, I, I really like Max, and I think I think it's going to be a toss up, but I'm going to go with Aldo. Uh, I'm going to go with Aldo because I think, well, for one, I've been such a fan of his for such a long time. It's, you know, it's one of those deals. It's really hard for me to go against that, go against the grain, and and bet against Jose Aldo. I just don't think see myself doing it. But um, I think on the feed, it'll be pretty close to being a wash. They're both, they're both really, really talented guys. And, and I think Aldo is going to be able to get a couple of takedowns in there to, to seal some rounds. Um, so I see Aldo landing some pretty hard leg kicks. I see Max Holloway landing some good body shots and, and staying long, but but in the end, I see I see Aldo taking the decision. Well, Chaz, it's going down Saturday, May thirteenth, UFC two eleven. You and Jason Knight live on FX. If it were up to you, how would this fight go down, Chaz? If it were up to me, we'd walk out in the center. I'd uh, I'd hit him once and he'd fall down. <laughs> I'd celebrate with my fans and get wasted. You know. Yes, sir. There you go. Well, Chaz, thanks so much for the time as always, man. And if uh, you want to let the audience know where to follow you or anything else, go ahead. Yeah, you guys follow me at Chaz Skelly. Obviously, that's my Twitter. Uh, Chaz Skelly is my Facebook and Instagram. Chaz Skelly, too. I mean, it's all pretty generic. But, uh, yeah, just thank Shadali Cycles for hooking me up with a great bicycle that I've used for a lot of my cardio needs this camp. And uh, Diamondized Nutrition for hooking me up with all my nutrition stuff. Awesome. Well, Chaz, thanks again for the time, and uh, best of luck in the fight, dude. All right, man. Appreciate that. Joining me now is Jason the Kid Knight. Jason, welcome back to After Battle. I appreciate y'all having me. How's it going today? It's going amazing. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Just picked my little girl up from school and headed to go grab me a bite to eat. Yes, sir. So, dude, obviously you're going to fight Chaskelly May 13th, UFC 211. We'll talk about that in a second. But how life-changing was it for you to get the biggest win of your career on Fox, on a platform like that against Caceres your last time out? Uh, man, it was, it was a, a big win for me. I, I got a bonus from it. And, uh, you know, it helped out a lot. And I know that after that fight, I got a lot more exposure. I've been doing a lot more podcasts and having a lot more fans reach out and, you know, tell me that they're my biggest fan, you know, that they're, they're going to be watching my fights from now on and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just a good thing for my career. What kind of confidence do you get after beating a guy like Caceres? Because, I mean, this is a guy that was coming off a five-round fight with Yair Rodriguez and Altitude. You know, that's how tough this guy is. You took him out in, uh, you know, in the second round. Uh, man, uh, it was definitely a confidence boost. You know, I know that I can compete at, you know, the top level with some of the top guys. But, uh, you know, it really, my, my confidence has always been up, you know. It, it really wasn't that big of a booster, you know, because I knew going into the fight that really the, the ability to beat him, I just, you know, had to go in there and be on top of my game and make sure that I didn't make any kind of mistakes and, fight as hard as I could and make sure that I made it my fight, you know. Definitely. Now, dude, obviously, you know, I've been interviewing you since the Kawajiri fight, but now you're 3-1 and one in the UFC. You're clearly living your dreams. I mean, how does that feel, man? How's everything going for you? Uh, man, it feels great. You know, I've, I've got security for my family now. 
and you know everything's taken care of pretty much everything that i have i own uh i owe another twenty thousand dollars on my house and my house will be paid off and you know like you said i'm 24 years old who would have ever thought you know whenever i, I was 14 starting out i, I never would have thought that by the time i'm 24 I'm gonna, you know, be set up and have, have stuff taken care of, and you know, for me, I, I've been trying to make sure that I get everything paid off, so that way, if something ever did happen, I go out there break my leg next Saturday, I'm still gonna be okay. You know, I, my house is gonna be paid, everything's done and over with. You know, I don't, I don't have to worry about later on down the road having to pay rent to somebody and stuff like that. It's all, it's all taken care of now. You told me a while ago that it was one of your dreams to be able to train full-time. Now that you've been able to do that for about a year or two, I mean, what's that like, dude? How's that changed your life? I mean, it's awesome. I don't got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go build a house no more, you know. I get to wake up. I basically, if I want to, I pretty much make my own schedule as far as training goes, but, uh, you know, I... I get to do what I want, you know. If if there's a day I want to take off and go jump in the boat, go fishing, or take off and and go do whatever, you know, I, I'm allowed to do that because my job it allows me to, you know. And on top of that, now I'm getting to train wherever I want to train. You know, I got the money to do that now. If I if I want to bounce around from gym to gym, if I want to go to Thailand, I get to go. You know, stuff like that. It's just, it's an awesome experience that I'm able to live way more than my dreams. You know, I'm able to do stuff that I never even dreamed of. I'm glad you brought up Thailand because I was actually going to ask you, did you put any work for this camp in Thailand? Uh, Yeah, man, I went to Thailand for vacation uh, and I got the call about the flight like a day or two before I left. You know, I already had the vacation planned out and booked and everything before I ever went to Thailand. And I went out there and I stayed two weeks, me and my girlfriend. And uh, the whole two weeks I was out there, you know, I was mainly focused on vacation. But I got in a good, solid week worth of good, hard training and, uh, you know, good wrestling and everything with Coach Eric Erst. Good pad work. There's a guy out there, his name's Crew Kit. Uh, I, crew, I guess that's kind of like their word for coach. Yeah. But uh, his, his name was Kit. He's an awesome, awesome pad holder and uh, you know Muay Thai instructor. Got to train with him a little bit while I was there and had a lot of fun, you know, in the process. Did you uh, happen to be there at the same time as James Vick again? Because I remember last time before your fight with Dan Hooker, he messaged me. He was like, "Bet the house on Jason Knight." Did you run into him again? No, nah, man, I, he, I, I messaged him while I was there, and the day that I was leaving out was the day that he was flying over. Oh, gotcha. So, you know, we, we wound up not being able to run into each other, but, man, that's, that's a cool guy, uh, tough competitor, and I can't wait to, you know, fight on the same card as him in, you know, just a week or so, a little over a week now. And, dude, obviously you're taking on Chaz the Scrapper Skelly. I mean, look, when I first heard about this fight, I was thinking fight of the night. I mean, is that what you're expecting, or do you have something else planned? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know there's always that possibility for fight of the night. You know, we're we're two tough opponents. We're going to come out there, and he's going to, you know, 
lay it all on the line just like I will. We're going to clash right in the middle of the cage. He's going to come forward. I'm going to come forward. And, you know, it's always a possibility that we can get a fight of the night. But uh, the way I look at it, regardless, I'm I'm trying to get one of those bonuses. You know, uh, it might not be fight of the night if he can't take me down. Because if, if he can't take me down, I'm pissing to pick him apart standing up. Speaking of him being able to take you down, so we all know the last time that you had a setback was against Kawajiri. And it's not like, you know, he beat your ass or anything, but he was able to get timely takedowns and steal rounds like that. Are you at all worried about Chaskelly doing that? Or do you feel like you've evolved to the point where that's not going to be an issue anymore? I don't I don't believe he's going to be able to take me down easy at all. You know, I, I know that he's a good wrestler and there's always the possibility that he will be able to get me down at least once or twice in the fight, but he's not going to take me down at will. And, uh, you know, with, with the Calvary fight, if I'd have had more time to prepare, I could have stopped his takedowns as well. But, uh, you know, we, we mainly prepared. I had two weeks for that fight. We prepared for him to take me down, and I was going to try and tap him out off my back. So almost every time he, he grabbed for the takedown, I pulled guard and started trying to throw up submissions. And, you know, it was probably the worst game plan in the history of game plan. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I made a mistake and I learned from it. I mean, that's all you can do, right? And like you said, now you're 24 years old. You got two uh, performance bonuses. And, I mean, it seems like you really turned things around. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I, after that fight, you know, I, I said it in my head that I wasn't ever going to game plan for a fight again. I'm just going to go out there. And, you know, see what happens and, you know, answer answer every problem as it comes to me instead of trying to have something in my head set what I want to do because that that's just, it messes you up. You know, you, you're thinking so hard on finishing this way or, or winning this way that you, you're leaving the other options. You know, you, you're not even using the other options is what I, what I was trying to say. You, you've got the option to stand up or take the person down. And, you know, if you choose your dead set on doing one, then, you know, you might not even get an opportunity that you could have had if you just left your mind open, you know. That's that's a really good point. So with that being said, man, I mean, what goes through your mind when you visualize the fight? Uh, when I visualize this fight, I see Chaz Kelly. He's going to keep trying to come forward. But uh, I'm not going to go backwards. You know, he, he's good at fighting guys that go backwards for him. I'm not going to go backwards. Either one or two things can happen. We can meet right there in the middle of that cage, crash it out, and, and bang it, you know, bang it out the whole fight. Or he's going to go backwards for me. You know, I'm not going backwards for him. I can promise you that. And uh, he's going to try to take me down, I guarantee you, probably at least three or four times around. And I'm going to stop 97% of his takedowns. And on the feet, I'm going to pick him apart. And I, I can almost guarantee you that. Unless he's made a dramatic improvement in his stand-up, then I'm going to pick him apart on the feet. Now, I ask you this every single time you're on the show. But, I mean, it keeps, it keeps happening over and over again. How do you feel about being the underdog once again? I, I I'm good with it, man. I mean, the the more they underestimate me, the more I get to prove them wrong. You know, I love it. And 
you know, everybody's sleeping on me, and one of these days they're just going to stop sleeping. They're going to wake the hell up and figure out who Jason Knight is, and, you know, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Well, check this out, man. So the odds makers opened you as the underdog, but the fans love you so much that they actually moved the line to now it's a pick 'em between both of you guys. So the fans got your back. It's just the odds makers got to learn. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. The odds makers, they think they know shit, and they really don't, you know. Especially when when it comes to me, you know, I'm all about proving people wrong. I love it. You know, you you root against me, I'm going to try my hardest to prove you wrong and to shut your damn mouth. You know, that's like when I fought out in Australia, everybody, the whole damn crowd, they booed me. All it did was add a fuel to the fire, you know. And real quick, speaking of Australia, did you hear that the opponent you fought in Australia, he's actually, you you basically sent him out the weight class. Ah, shit, he moved to 55? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, uh, I, you know, that, that's kind of that's kind of a a thing that I feel. You know, I, I don't really feel good about it, but I don't really feel bad about it. You know, if he can't hang, then you know, if he can't hang with the big dogs, get off the porch. <laughs> I can't take anything away from Daniel Hooker, though, man. That was it was a tough fight and had a hell of a lot of heart. Definitely. Now, are you excited to fight so close to home, man? Because, I mean, it's same time zone, same everything. I, I'd imagine you're going to have a lot of people there. He's going to have a lot of people there. It's going to be quite the environment. Oh, yeah, man. I've got I've got about 50 people coming here from Mississippi. My whole entire family is going to be there. And then uh, on top of that, I've got quite a few fans out there in Texas, you know, friends that I've had for a long time. They're going to be there as well. So, you know, he might have a little bit bigger crowd than me, being that he's the hometown guy, but he doesn't realize that this is as close as I can get to being in my hometown. So right now I'm the hometown guy too. Now, pretty much every fight you're in is like a fight of the night type fight. Now, I mean, is that just who Jason Knight is? Or, I mean, are you working on that? Or do you just enjoy fighting like that? Like, what's your take on it? Uh, yeah, man, I... Uh, if the other guy gets out there and competes with me, you best believe I'm gonna I'm gonna have that type of performance every time because that's that's my type of fight. I like to get in there, grit my teeth, get nasty and dirty, and have some fun. You know, it's not fun to me if I'm just you know in a little you know pick and poke kind of fight where everybody's trying to be safe and trying not to get hurt. I want the kind of fight where I see who can take the most punishment. You know, let's bang it out. If you can knock me out, good. If I can knock you out, good. If you can fucking snap my arm, good. If not, I'm going to try to snap your arm, you know. And that's the kind of fight I want. I I want the the hard work and determination to come out every fight. I mean, I didn't work my ass off in the gym to go out here and, you know, have a, a easy little match where I'm trying to, be as safe and as careful as I can. I want a, a rough ass, tough ass fight every time. Now, obviously, you're about to reach a bit of a milestone. I mean, this is your fifth UFC fight. You're halfway there to ten fights, man. How do you feel about your career evolution and uh, progression, man? I, I feel good, man. I mean, as of right now, the UFC is keeping me pretty active, 
And uh, I'm going to keep begging them for more and more fights and try to stay more and more active. You know, I would like to fight, you know, four or five times a year, if possible, every year. And uh, uh, hopefully if I keep impressing people and keep doing my thing, then Dana White and Sean Shelby, they're getting me back in there as quick as they can each time. You know, as long as my body holds up and, you know, health permits it, then I'll be back in there every chance I get. Now, as your career progresses, obviously your goals have to evolve. And, you know, I'd imagine your goal is to crack the top 15, your goal is to be the world champion. But what are some of your, you know, smaller short-term goals, obviously besides beating Chas Skelly on Saturday night? Uh, man, I, mainly, you know, it's it's not really about that to me. Like, I, I, I would love to, you know, climb the rankings. And I believe that if I beat Chas Kelly, I'll be top 15 or I'll be fighting the top 15 opponent. Uh, for me, it's just a, it's about the fight. You know, it's about the fun and going out there and having a blast. And my, my short-term goal right now is to be whoever they put in front of me until they give me that Korean Superboy fight. Yeah. Once they give me that Korean Superboy fight, I know it's going to be the type of fight that I want to be in. It's going to be that hard, hard-ass fight that, you know, at the end of it, we both got so much respect for each other because we just went out there and gave it everything we got. And I know Korean Superboy, he's the closest uh, in the rankings, you know, for me to call out that's going to give me that kind of fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, Chad Skelly, it's going to be a tough fight. I, I do believe that. But I I, I don't really believe that... Uh, you know, he's just going to grit his teeth and take everything I got to give him just like uh, Korean Superboy would. I, I think the Korean Superboy, he, he's kind of like me in that sense. I'm going to try to knock you out. You see if you can knock me out. And, you know, let's have fun doing it. Definitely. Now, you know, obviously you're a born fighter, right? But if you weren't a fighter, what would you do? Now, I know that's kind of a dumb question because you are a fighter, but... The reason I'm asking, man, is because, like, with a lot of these guys, you know, they can be analysts, they can do all these things, but, like I said, you're a born fighter. So, what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't in the UFC right now? Uh, I can I can go ahead and tell you for sure what I'd be doing. I, I would be building houses just like I was before I got to the UFC, or like I was for my first two UFC fights, you know, until the Jim Allers fight, uh, all the way up until two weeks before the fight. I was building houses, and, uh, you know, that that's something that, you know, of course nobody wants to go to work and bust their ass and stay out in the heat and, you know, work hard all day, but that's something that I love to do. You know, I like to get out there and put my hands on something, build something with my hands, and then sit back and look at what I did. You know, I did that. I, I built that house. I built that shed, you know, stuff like that. It's nice to step back and see what you can actually do with your hands you know that's pretty cool man so obviously this card you're fighting on is the most stacked card of the year and there's such intriguing matchups and i want to know your perspective on this one man because look dustin poirier is fighting eddie alvarez and when i think about a fight like that i think that they're going to throw down until one guy falls the question is which guy is going to fall uh man I'm kind of like you. I don't know who's going to fall. You know, it's going to be a tough-ass fight for sure. I know I can tell you who I want to win. You know, I would like to see Dustin Poirier win because, you know, he's closest to the hometown guy. 
and you know he's kind of had the same struggle that I've had. You know, had to had to work for what he had. He, he didn't just. I, I don't really know about Eddie Alvarez. I don't know anything about him, but I know that Dustin Poirier. He didn't have an easy life. He struggled to get where he's at, and you know he made it. So I would like to see him climb those rankings a little bit further. In your weight class, Yair Rodriguez is fighting Frankie Edgar. I mean, what, what are you thinking for a fight like that, man? Oh, I think they're both opponents. You know, I look at them both like they're possible opponents. But uh, I see Frankie Edgar, you know, if he can close that distance, Frankie Edgar's going to grind him out, make it a nasty, mean fight, and beat Yair up. But at the same time, if Yair is somehow able to keep that distance, then Yair's going to pick Frankie apart. And, you know, it could be a tough night either way for either fighter. You know, it's just depending on who's able to impose their will and get off, you know, their technique. And speaking of future opponents, you know, this one's not on your card, but in about a month from now, Jose Aldo's fighting Max Holloway for the belt that you're gunning for. Who do you think is going to walk away the champion? Uh, I believe Max Holloway should get the bill because uh, I think Jose might be a little past his prime, you know, but at the same time, you cannot count Jose Otto out. I mean, you everybody's seen what that man's done and what he's capable of, so you can't really count him out. But uh, I honestly, honestly believe, in my opinion, that Max Holloway's going to walk away with it because he's younger, he's more hungry, and he's at the prime of his career. Now, Jason, before we get out of here, it's going down Saturday, UFC 211, May 13th, Dallas, Texas. If it were up to you, how would this fight go down? Uh, if it's up to me, the fight, the, the way I'm planning on winning is standing up, beating the tar out of Chad Skelly until I put him to sleep. You know, I, I would love to catch him with like a nice head kick or something and have him laying on his back on the mat looking up at me. Well, Jason, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure, man. If you want, let the audience know where they can follow you on social media. Anything else you want to tell the fans, let them know. Uh, I just, if, if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Jason Knight 23 I believe. I believe so. At Jason Knight twenty three, uh, Instagram is at JTK the Kid. If you want to follow me on Facebook, uh, you can go to my fan page. It's uh, Jason the Kid Knight. And if you try to add me on my regular page, I'm sorry, but I've got over five thousand friends, and they won't let me have any more. And uh, I'd like to take a few seconds to thank all my sponsors, R James Construction. Coastal Click LLC, Performance Auto Upholstery, Dreamers Construction, Razor Sharp Nutrition, The Bluff Bar and Grill, uh, Brooms AC and Heating, Tap Out Construction, Underground Studio Tattoos and Piercing, Team Waste, The Print Shed, Integrity Plant Services, and Danny Cooper. I don't know what I'd do without you, without you guys. You know, y'all helped me out a lot getting to this fight and preparing for everything. Helped me take a lot of the stress off. Thank y'all so much.
Also, everybody at Allen Dutcher MMA Club, all my coaches, teammates, everybody, thank y'all so much. Jason, thanks again for the time, and uh, best of luck in the fight, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. You too, man. Peace. There you have it, folks. Chaz the Scrapper Skelly and Jason the Kid Knight. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. This week, we'll have a very special guest on Half the Battle to break down all of UFC 211 and maybe even a special guest appearance by my co-host, Sean Carey Tattoo. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.